Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas or choose from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerotti, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread. Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph or visit them online at trocaderoguelph.ca. That's T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. Call them at 519-829-2444 for pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Creative Control with Vish Before I tell you about today's guest, I want to let you know that the final edition of Long Night with Vish which takes place as part of the uh, Long Winter Festival in Toronto... Uh, the final one of the year, officially anyway, is happening on Friday, March 13th at the Great Hall at around 8.30 p.m. And my guests on the final episode of this year are Scott Thompson of The Kids in the Hall, poet Damien Rogers, Don Pyle of Shadowy Men on a Shadowy Planet, and a musical performance by Overnight. So if you can make it to the Great Hall in Toronto on Friday, March 13th, that would be great. And if all goes, if you can't, if all goes well, I will record the show. Are you enjoying the live episodes? Every once in a while, I put in a live episode of the of the talk show. I hope you're enjoying them. Okay, it's just kind of a thing, you know. We put all this work into the thing. I'm glad they're being documented, and I figured if anyone's gonna maybe appreciate them, it might be you. So I hope you're enjoying them. On this episode, what a thrill! Andy Gill of Gang of Four is on the program. There's a new Gang of Four album. It's called What Happens Next, and the band is touring, and I wanted to talk to Andy about the new record and what's going on with this version of the band. He is the final, you know, he's the last man standing. He's the last original member in Gang of Four, and yet it's continuing. So seemed like a good time to find out what's keeping it running, uh, what's, motivating, what's motivating him, you know, these kinds of things. So, uh, yeah, check, check this out. There'll be a, a new Gang of Four song on this episode before the end of it, so you'll hear that. And uh, as I say, I'm a big fan. I don't know if I said that, actually. I, I said it was a thrill. I'm a big fan of Gang of Four, so this is uh, an honor, and uh, Andy's uh, a gentleman. So here it is, myself and Andy Gill of Gang of Four. Gang of Four. 
Ready for Kazoo Fest 2015, taking place throughout Guelph between April 8th and 12th. Musical acts include Deerhoof, Home Shake, Last X, Fedre, Scott Merritt, Tyvek, Lido Pimienta, Absolutely Free, Jeffrey Lewis, and many, many more. There will be art by Sherry Boyle and Jen E. Norton, plus dance, print, multimedia, and much more. Visit kazookazoo.ca for ticket and schedule info, and do not miss Kazoo Fest in Guelph this April. Gill is a legendary musician, songwriter, and producer who lives in the United Kingdom. Towards the end of the 1970s, Gill co-founded the remarkable post-punk band Gang of Four, whose jagged, danceable, politically outspoken songs influenced one million musicians and earned them a loyal fan base. Though the band has gone through many members over the past 30 years, Gill has been a constant, and as the only original member, he's spearheaded the latest album by Gang of Four. The record is called What Happens Next. It's out now via Metropolis Records. And the band is on tour, including a stop at Lee's Palace in Toronto on March 9th. Uh, here now to discuss this further is the great Andy Gill. Hi, Andy. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Nice to have you on the show. Now, where are you exactly, Andy? Right now, I'm kind of uh, in in, uh, in the studio in London, in central London. Oh, nice. How, how It's... Uh, it, it, it's it's like a, a place that I got where I kind of live in there and have the studio there, and uh, this is where I kind of do a lot of my recording and also rehearsing and all of that stuff. That's cool. You have your own studio home. You you got home studio. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's the uh, the studio part of it takes up um, you know a huge amount of space, but uh, technically it is it is in the home. Yeah. Nice. Is, is this this? You didn't have this space when you worked with, say, the Jesus Lizard, did you? 
Um, no, I was just building it actually at that exact point in time. Oh, okay. You mentioned that. Yeah, it was just kind of being constructed. Um, and uh, I, no, I spent went with the Jesus Lizard. I was uh, I spent like basically three straight months in Chicago working on that record. Oh, right. At the was it at the recording company there? Uh, the um, the studio was there. Yeah, yeah it's called, I think it's called uh, the yeah. Chicago Recording Company. Is that where you did it? That sounds right. Yeah, 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 that sounds right. CRC, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, okay. They they made many of their records. I'm a big Jesus Lizard fan, so I just, I I like to mention them for no reason, really. I know, they're they're great. Um, (laughs) I think the record I did with them was quite different to to some of the, uh, you know, the, the previous ones. Yeah, and um, I I actually hear echoes of the production style and the sound uh, on that record in what you've done here this time around. Actually, that's interesting that you say that, I, and um, I would probably agree that, that you can you can hear that. Yeah, um, I think one of the things that I do that not everybody likes, but one of the things I do is um, make everything sound very clear. You know, it's I mean I think so. You know, it's like the vocals are really you can really hear the vocals and you can really hear that guitar and it's over this pan slide to the left and you know you can hear the snare drum whack whack um you know and it's it, it's not a kind of it's not a messy sound and other people get a messy sound and, and it and, and that can work as well but i i tend to go for quite quite sort of i mean the, the sounds themselves might be quite distorted and dirty or whatever but they're all in the place and you can kind of get them all yeah no i agree with you there's a distinction you can hear the instruments individually and yet mm. they they congeal into a, mm. a nice force yeah that's what i think now i want to ask yeah. you about the, the a song off your new record it's called obey the ghost and if i have yeah. this correct it has this lyric that i think a lot of people have noticed we're facebook friends with celebrities and mm-hmm. i actually think this this little line captures the very like the questioning mood of this record and you're I think delving into the illusory nature of internet connections what do you suppose this record is saying about the way humans are behaving with themselves these days you know I actually had somebody criticize the other day somebody's criticizing I think it was maybe the Rolling Stone review or something sort of criticizes like oh you know Andy Gill's mentioning Facebook. He's just trying to show he's up to date with the internet or something. It's like, mm-hmm. Jesus, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's it, it's um, it, you know, it, 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 in a way, it's a throwaway comment in that in that in that song in in the um, in that verse. But um, but it, well, I mean, it's it's about our priorities and 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 the way. Um, celebrity is 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 held to be this um incredibly important it's got this incredibly important status and an unwarranted status mm-hmm. um and and you can everybody can everybody can be friends with uh can can somehow on you know can can follow their twitter feed or you know it's this kind of commercialization and and ability to follow or to, to 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 think there's some kind of connection with the, the celebrities. Hmm. It's, um, but this, uh, th- th- these these platforms also enable so-called normal people hmm. to kind of feel like 
they might be celebrities. You can actually ascend in social media if you gather enough followers, if you do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You become like a social, like a Facebook, Instagram, Facebook celebrity. That's what's happened now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and, you know, I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's, um, you know, personally, I think Facebook's fine, you know. Um, um, but but that's right. That is a phenomenon that, that um, people can just collect a lot of other people um, because that sort of, you get some kind of status from that, I suppose. Yeah, you use the you use the phrase commercialization, and I don't know if I followed where you were going with that. What is it the commercialization of kind of social structures, uh, you know, friendship? What 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 has been commercialized uh, by these platforms? Well, the, the celebrity culture. Um, I mean, who is it that um, is married to uh, Kanye West? Oh, Kim Kardashian. Right. Um, She's probably quite a decent example. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, someone who makes an incredibly good living out of having a lot of Facebook admirers and um, and a TV show that probably came before that or maybe came after that. I don't, you know, who knows? But yeah, it, it it's it, it's simply about the fact that you're a celebrity because you're a celebrity, and, it, and it's in this sort of weird little circle. Right, you're a celebrity because you are a celebrity, and you make a fortune out of that. <clears throat> and uh, you know, it, it, it's one strand of it's one little strand of what, of what goes on in our funny little world. These yeah, days. <laughs> it, it, it is. I, I hear what you're saying. There's a mm. sonically, there's an electronic kind of industrial ambiance that runs through this new album, and I wondered if that also reflects something about. And maybe I'm being too literal, but this kind of mm-hmm. the, there's a coldness to how we interact online, um, on some level. Like it's we're connected, but we're apart. And I wonder if any of that, uh, because on some level this is th- these are kind. Of, they feel like newer, or at least the way they've been pronounced on this record. These seem like newer textures for a Gang of Four record. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I, I wonder yeah. if it's reflecting some of the lyrical motifs as well. No, I, I, I you know, I don't think. Um uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I sort of accept, you know, your your, your premise, that, you know, about the sort of we're connected and yet we're not connected and and and, and that. Um, but I think the 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 sort of the sounds that are on here, which not have not really been on previous records, um, <clears throat> I, I just really like. Uh, I, I, let me let me let me rephrase it. When, when I started the record, um, I didn't have much of a plan. I didn't quite know where I was going to go with it. But one thing that I did feel sure about was that I would sort of go wherever I chose, and uh, that I wouldn't be looking back to some mythical Gang of Four rule book about what is allowed and what isn't allowed. Um, <clears throat> because in 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 my in my book, um, the Gang of Four in the beginning, um, and I was the kind of musical director and came up with most of the music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what what I was trying to do was basically invent a new language, um, you know, that that wasn't just a copy of James Brown or wasn't a copy of the Velvet Underground, but but it was, <clears throat> you know, that it to me it felt like taking 
taking the sort of musical parts into sort of little building blocks and then putting them back together in a way that I thought was was right and you know it's hard to explain what you know what you mean by that but that's what I felt I was doing Hmm. and and I felt I was doing that with this record and and if you know and if I so so in other words it's more than the sound of the band the the principle of what the way the band goes about me to me is more it takes precedence right okay so you're saying that while some aren't I mean, some are really fixated on this with this album. I've noticed that in reading the press and, and some some audience reaction, I think some people aren't seeing the continuity between something like Gang of Four's entertainment with what happens next. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, you're the constant throughout that trajectory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is your ex- exact perspective on the evolution of this entity? Well, I mean, you know, if, if you listen to, you know, if you look at uh, entertainment and you look at this record, sound pretty different you know mm-hmm. um and i'm never going to do you know entertainment mark two three four or whatever you know done that and um i don't really see any point in kind of repeating it you know and um uh and it's sort of you know you know the, the idea that gang of four could could be about nostalgia is kind of so faintly abhorrent to me. Absolutely, yeah. That's what I don't. I'm grappling with that too as I yeah. talk about the record with people because I'm like, what are they? Uh, spo- you know, that's a, but, but, but people, but people want familiarity. People kind of want another version of what you've done before, and uh, you know, and but some people want, and other people have like grasped this and gone, I can hear that it's going for. I can hear that, you know, it's the same DNA in the guitar. It's the same DNA in the beats, and, and you know, you can feel it. It is. You know that's what it is, mm-hmm. but it's but it's different and it's moved on and it's now. It's not the past. It's now, and a lot of people have absolutely got that. But then and then some people haven't got that. You know, and they're kind of you know they're a bit fed up that it doesn't sound like entertainment. I suppose right, you know? right. But you're what you based on what you were saying earlier. You feel like what influenced the earliest part of the band is kind of the same inspiration for this record in some way. Yeah, you know, sort of, sort of, you know, starting with a blank canvas and looking at your, starting with a blank canvas and then just looking around you and and looking at our world and looking at our own little worlds and uh, and thinking about what sounds you want to make that kind of relate to that and what lyrics you want to do that that describe in, in a realistic way those things and you know I think especially given the change you know the, the change in lineup with John King not being around especially given that it was really a sort of like okay let's start reimagining the situation let's start rethinking it and let's let's have another go at this you know um, so not so much like putting out another record you know but um T- taking it very seriously, really, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. I, I feel like it, they both have the same level of uh, seriousness, I think is the right word. I think that there's a, mm. a real purpose to a Gang of Four record, um, and I think that shines through in anything you've done. Um, mm. You alluded to the fact that John King left, and for people who don't mm. know this, essentially mm. you and John have been the longest-standing 
members of this band. Um, you as the yeah. music director, he as the singer. Um, can you talk a little bit about when he left, why he left the band? Yeah, sure. Um, well, we, we made content um, which came out in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, at similar sort of time of the year, actually, kind of, I think it was, I think it was like February kind of time. Um, and that was uh, a while ago. And the idea had been to do uh, quite a lot of live stuff in the kind of 12 months following that. But <clears throat> we, we'd, we'd done a relatively short amount. I mean, we'd, we'd done a sort of, um, couple of weeks uh, in North America USA Canada and then we did two or three weeks in Australia after that and then basically after that John announced that he you know he wanted to concentrate on on other things and you know wasn't wasn't going to be in, in the band anymore um, <clears throat> around you know I mean I, I um, was was very much in you know having just done content i was very much in that kind of frame of mind to work on on songs and material and production of, of gang of four stuff so i you know uh, i said uh, well I'm, I'm gonna carry on with this and he said well that's fine hmm. and you know and then you know, there's a period of time where you kind of take stock and you think what well, uh, where are we going here and uh, how do I do this? And you know, it, it's um, uh, quite quite an interesting an interesting period where you kind of go through things. And but you, you know, simultaneously you start kind of working on songs. You don't really know where it's going. You, you, you don't, as I said before, you know, not particularly a grand plan. Mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm. you know, not to be retro, not to be nostalgic, not to look back, but to kind of do to to rely on if you like the muse which has supported me in the past you know i mean given the kind of this you viewed his departure obviously as a real opportunity to take the band in a, a different direction um and i think that well that, that, that was the way i chose to take it yes yeah but i think that for some people that are hearing the record they're like we've kind of established this i think on some level they're mired in nostalgia but they're also like, this doesn't really sound like the Gang of Four I know or that I was expecting. Did you consider, when John departed, did you consider, uh, as the last man standing, just not using the moniker? Did you consider folding up Gang of Four? I did consider that for about five minutes. and But, I mean, seriously, you know, I, it, was, it was a conversation that I had with one or two people um, to kind of test where where I where exactly where I stood and how solid the ground I was standing on was, and uh, you know on a kind of simple kind of accountancy level, you know I was responsible for the music mm-hmm. um, for pretty much all of it from from a long time ago. Um, I wrote a lot of the lyrics maybe less than half but you know it, it, we, we always we always work some of the lyrics together um, and I was the producer of the band yeah so, so uh, simply on totting up the, the, the what my role is in within the band 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I think you end up with a situation was, yeah, you know, John goes, you just carry on, mate. You know, it's a bit like that. Yeah. And did John have, like, are any of these songs from a period that John was involved in, or this is all you, essentially? Uh, no, 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 this is, none of these are involved, John. Uh, the, the, um, with the exception of, <clears throat> um, what's it called, First World Citizen, mm-hmm. which I wrote in, I think, 85, right. the bulk of it, Um the, the other nine songs, you know, are, are, are all written by me. Um, Obey the Ghost, um, I got Jonah involved on that, and he contributed some melody on the chorus and and some words on it, which is which is great. Um, so he's you know contributed to that song. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, First World Citizen was just when well, I don't know halfway through the record, I, I just you know I kept having that. That, that, that singing that to myself and think you know and it had never been released and it was just something and I just thought it was a great song and I, I had the tape somewhere and I dug around in you know in the basement and found the tape and um, got got it off the tape and I didn't use any, any of the recording but the song was there mm-hmm. and uh, you know and, and I kind of replaced everything on there and um that's, that, that was an interesting one, you know, because it's a song that's, you know, I, I think as sort of relevant now, uh, or perhaps even more so, but as relevant now as, as it was in, you know, in 85. That's probably telling, isn't it? That you could write a song mm. like that and, uh, you know, 30 years later, it's just as relevant. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean... I, the, 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 it has sort of been noted by other people that, that that's true with, with quite a few songs, Gang Four songs, or, you know. Did you feel pressure? Do, do you feel like maybe there was a, a prescience to what you guys were doing? Like, did you, do you feel like Gang of Four foretold some things? Well, I think the thing is, is that um, Gang of Four tried, you know, I think John King and myself, you know, we 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 agreed that on that the project was sort of about realism in the tradition of you know in in, in you know that that literary and artistic tradition of realism that, mm-hmm. that this was what what it was about and it was about um, looking at 
it was completely sidestepping all the all the traditional subjects of uh, rock and roll and pop music um totally sidestepping those things and um looking at our own lives and other people's lives and and trying to work out what makes people do what and how it how it works mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah so so that was it really and in a sense i think that's become with even the rise of social media culture and when I say social media culture, I mean even like what came to be known as reality shows. There just became this human fascination with normalcy, and and on some level yeah. that was seemed to be something that the Gang of Four was like. You don't, you know, everyone's looking at celebrity or you know supposedly extraordinary people, but the real stories might be right all around us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And and and. But the distortion that happens in that in that scenario you just described, the distortion that happens is that people um, try and dramatize their own lives in, in almost like a reality show. Right. You know? Yeah. It's weird. We're we're living in a weird time, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely you know it's definitely weirder and more complicated than it used to be. You know. You know. Everybody has been encouraged to sort of be their own PR person or their own therapist or their, you know. Yeah. Uh, everybody's encouraged to, you know, it, it is very much a sort of me culture, isn't it? And it, it's, um, you know, 20 years ago, you'd have got short shrift, you know, if, if, you, if, you tried it, if you tried any of that on. But, but now... I don't know. You're almost encouraged. You're almost encouraged. It's like, yeah, it's weird. Right. I feel like a lot of these. I don't mean to pin it all on some silly TV shows, but you have enough talent shows where, you know, seemingly ordinary people suddenly uh, are discovered to have these talents. It makes mm-hmm. everyone <laughs> feel like anything is possible, and I I can't decide if that's healthy or not. I, you know, in terms of punk, uh, and the punk that I've subscribed to for my most of my life that idea of doing it yourself and being able to do things yourself is really inspiring and appealing, but now we're on this other side of it. And, yeah, uh, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the darker side no, of it is, is like, maybe not everyone should be doing everything themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it, it, you know the, the, the kind of, um, the talent shows are so brilliantly funny, really. There's, there's, um, there's a show in in Britain. I'm not sure if it's still on anymore, but it was called Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you familiar with that one? Oh yeah, it, it transcended. Yeah, I mean that's that's Simon Cowell, and and he's still big. And well, actually, his his star is not as shiny as it was. But yeah, yeah, we we know that show. But there, there was um, I don't know. I think I you know stumbled on it by mistake at some point, and I think there was. There was like a dancing parrot, or have I just imagined that? <laughs> no, it's but, entirely um, possible. Yes. Yeah, and a sort of one-legged dog that that you know barked if you showed it a carrot or something, you know, and and just <laughs> I mean it, it. I mean it's 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 actually very very funny. You know. That sounds like a hell of a show, if you ask me. I I want to see that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you can make some money with that. Absolutely, that's entertainment. I guess that's what uh, I find ironic about uh, everything that's going on. Uh, instead of John, you have uh, multiple voices. Uh, yeah. 
in place. Is that a deliberate move? Was that just a production choice, uh, an organic production choice, or, or were you simply well, like, in order again, to replace I mean, John, I, we need I, a bunch of people? Uh, well, again, you know, I, I sort of go back to this sort of, um, you know, wasn't really a plan point, um, which is, so I'm in this kind of new situation. I'm rethinking things. I'm kind of trying to figure out how how this works. And I think, I mean, this is, this wasn't a new idea, but for quite a long time, I quite liked the idea of other voices being involved. Um, I mean, that wasn't some you know, it was something that I brought up, but it didn't didn't fly with John uh, King. Hmm. Um, and um, so, when the situation arose, you know, it seemed very kind of natural to involve other collaborators who who and you know and these people are you know very keen to do it and I've always thought that uh, you know I mean in in the hip-hop world it's done all the time isn't it and um, and I've always been a great admirer of um, Massive Attack Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. various different various different singers doing different things and, you know, it seems like, um, I don't know, I mean, I think, I think you know, there will be some purists around who, who sort of will really kind of not like that. But, um, you know, it wasn't, um, this wasn't a record made for uh, the kind of old style gang for purists who, who, wanted, who want another version of entertainment. Um, so... And also, the other thing is is that, you know, Jailer kind of, his involvement got more and more as the record progressed. But I, I had already kind of done tracks with Alison Mosshart mm-hmm. and uh, Robbie Furs, <clears throat> and I was in the process of constructing something for Herbert Grunemeyer to, to sing. Um, and But I mean, as I was working on this, I was, you know, working with, with Jailer and... Um, as as I continued to work with him, I got more and more confident in him and wanted him to be more and more involved. So the record, in a way, is a sort of snapshot of what the process, I, you know, is, is kind of the process that I was going through. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. Has uh, Have you heard from John King about the, the record? Has he heard it? I haven't heard from him, no. No, he's been quite silent. <laughs> uh, do you do you think he would ever return to the band? Is that something you would? Want? No, I don't. No, we, I don't think we'll. No, no it's done. No, okay, that, it's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally done. Okay, so he yeah. hasn't said anything. But as far as you know, you have his blessing as a co-founder. Well, it certainly began that way. I mean, there's been one or two things that you know in the last year or two which uh, which contradicted that, but. Um, um, I don't. I don't know where he's at with it, and okay. we, you know, we're not. We're not exactly in regular communication. I see. Okay, you mentioned a tension between, uh, or I, at least I'm. I'm discerning that it might be a tension between Gang of Four purists and where you're at with the band now. Mm, has mm, has, mm. has Gang of Four ever been or ever felt like a burden for you to bear? Um, that's an interesting one. Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, you know, you make your choices, don't you? You know, you, you know, you can 
you know, it'd be very, very easy to kind of um, go and do something else, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel drawn to it, and I feel um, I feel very creative, and I think what I'm doing is um, is quite interesting. So, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm kind of drawn to it. Okay. Now you have these multiple voices on this record. I'm curious about the touring configuration of Gang of Four. Uh, about the what? The touring configuration. Touring, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Are you having all of these folks join you? No, no, no. Uh, it's um, we, we, we've done lots of gigs in the last um, couple of years. You know, all over the place from China, Japan, and you know, all over Europe and and, and Britain and. Um, and it's it, J- Jayla handles the kind of, if you like, the lead vocal role. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I mean, apart from anything else, all the people involved are all kind of massively busy. So it's like the idea that you know you could kind of go out with someone for for a few months is is completely impossible. You know, right? Um, so you know, I, I mean, live um, currently, I think. I think we've got four of the tracks from the record that we're doing live. Uh, I think that's where we're at. Um, at certainly, we we managed to get four done as of an hour ago. <laughs> um, um, so it's trying to get our heads around, you know, playing playing these things actually, you know, you know, on the stage and and live with. Uh, but it sounds good. Sounds and, really good. And otherwise, the set is throughout the band's discography like you're just picking and choosing yeah okay yeah i mean there's you know there's one or two songs from not everything but uh, i mean there's a good there's a good um i think i i think i saw that there was about four songs from entertainment okay um you know songs from this and that yeah um I'm not sure there's any songs from Maul, um, but you know there's a lot of albums to choose from. Yeah, yeah, you've got a <laughs> you've got a lot to choose from there, right? Yeah, no, it's yeah. good. Now, normally at this point, uh, towards the end of an interview, I would ask uh, my guest what happens next, and I, I do want to ask you that, but I also want to <laughs> clarify that I'm not just repeating your your album name. Um, yeah. So what is what is next for you beyond the touring? Uh, have you already yeah. kind of do you have ideas for uh, what the next Gang of Four project or your own projects will look like? I, I do have ideas for the well, you know Gang of Four, and um, there's a couple of co-writers that I've sort of been talking to a bit for, um, and uh, I have a lot of ideas. That, you know, it, it, it's 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 this um, phase that you go through when a record comes out. You have you do you know. Um, I have very interesting conversations with people, including yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you do an awful lot of that, um, and there's not so much time to spend in the studio and stuff. Um, but um, I'm looking forward to to doing a new record and um, uh, and, and, and to doing more live dates. You know, it's um, it's been really. F- fun in rehearsal doing doing some of these new songs hmm. and uh, hearing them come to life and are there things because this was a bit of this was no man's land for you in terms of being without John and basically reimagining the band were there things that you learned that you're already hoping to apply uh, to the next uh, go around 
think so. I think you know. I, I think you, you kind of learn with everything you do. You, you learn stuff, and there's some stuff that you learn and forget. You know, but um, it's a lot of stuff to to kind of hold in uh, hold in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think you know. You know I, I certainly feel like I've, that I'm learning a lot. As I mean, every record that I've done, you know, whether it's Gang of whether it's working with the Jesus Lizard or Michael Hutchins, or that you learn, you know, you learn so much from doing these things. Yeah, and um, it, it's all a huge amount of experience. Yeah, no, I I, I can see that. Well, again, the new Gang of Four album is called What Happens Next. It's out now via Metropolis Records, and the band is on a worldwide tour that brings them, among other places, to Lee's Palace in Toronto on March 9th. And for more information about uh, all of these things, people can visit gangoffour.co.uk. And uh, before we leave, Andy, uh, is there a song from the new record that uh, you'd want me to play right now? Um, oh, tricky. What, what, how about... Um First World Citizen things we were talking about that sure is there and I think I feel like you elaborated upon is there anything you want to any other things we should know about it before we hear it <clears throat> well you know it, it's um, the the fantastic Gail Ann Dorsey is doing I, I hesitate to call it a backing vocal because when she comes in it's kind of like a co-lead vocal in a way mm. uh, with an unmistakable voice and, and she's an, she's an old friend and she came out on tour with Gang of Four in the 90s, you know, a bunch of times, and recorded stuff in the studio, and um, she, she's a fantastic, unbelievable vocalist, and brilliant bass player, and guitarist. And, you know, she was in Bowie's band for, mm-hmm. for years. Um, so, I, you know, I would I would bring the listeners' attention to her contribution, as well as Jayla's fantastic lead vocal. Okay. That's That sounds fair. This is First World Citizen by Gang of Four. Uh, Andy Gill, it was a tremendous uh, honor and pleasure to speak with you. I wish you the best of luck uh, with everything uh, as you move along here. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks. It's been a great conversation. Thank you.
Thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at cfru.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.